Welcome to the Guys Drinking Tea Podcast. If that sounds like a casual conversation to you, then you're absolutely right. We decided to start this podcast because, frankly, we just love talking about the scriptures and exploring how they interact with our everyday lives. These are the kind of conversations we were having in the hallway anyway every week, so we decided to turn on a camera and a microphone and let you listen in. If this content's helpful to you, then we would greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review in your podcast service, hop over on YouTube, subscribe to us there, like, comment, share with friends, all of those things. Without any further ado, let's dive into another sometimes meandering conversation about the scriptures and life. Aaron went and got a, a proper mug because he came with these two mugs, which again, he did all the work, admittedly, and came with these two mugs. And I only drink tea out of mugs with white or off-white interiors. Uh, so that's a big deal to me. Like the cut. This is getting really snobby. It's, it's very snobby, and I'm right. snobby about lots of things like I love tea it. and coffee and whiskey and beer and bread and chocolate and the list keeps going. Uh, so um, making tea is an art form; has to be taken seriously. So this kettle is boiling. Uh, as it sounds it like a jet air jet it engine. It does, yeah, yeah. 212 degrees Celsius. Uh, or 460 degrees Fahrenheit. This is like, this is an essential. Uh, if the, the water is not boiling, you will not make good tea. And Aaron very kindly went and grabbed tea. Uh, so I use PG tips usually because it's... Oh, wait, 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 you, wait. Got, you got a little thing like you I've can got, go I've and buy it up. online. Here's a second here. I need to do this. We should have had like, I should have, be, I should have sold it. Oh, I should have started that's my not own what I market. want. That's not it. Escape. Undo. Escape. <laughs> All right. We're going to get out of this business. Look at this, folks. Yeah, you can go and buy genuine English tea now. Now, PG Tips is like up back home is a good, common uh, brand. It is not up market. It's essentially tea sweepings, in actual fact. They gather all the leftover bits of tea and throw them all together. You can also go up market and buy expensive tea. This is probably similar to PG Tips, just reasonable quality tea. So, are we going to come back? I thought to you screen? were going to... Yeah, this is to... us. Oh, that's us. We're on. That's oh, backdrops. Okay. Yeah. So, tea bag goes in first. Are you? Are you? Are you... I was. I'm expecting you to make me I'm some tea. I'm making you tea. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I just. Uh... Sorry about the noise again. This we thing is. We can turn this off in a second. Soon okay. as the water's in. We I'm going to reframe our camera a little bit too. Yeah. Now this is where we find out how many people are here actually for tea and how many people are here for theology, um, because we could have loads of people switch off once the tea's made. If you can. Fair enough. Fair Hashtag enough. Hashtag making English tea. If that's what brought you here, it's great to have you here. Okay, so tea bags are in. That can go off. I, I don't use one of these weird little spout kettles usually. This was just in my office uh, for making pour overs, um, but we'll see how it does. And I poured your water first. Ooh, yikes. See, that's what I'm saying. I, I'm not used to the. the Under pressure. This type, of, this type of kettle. And, I'm going to reframe it. But what I will say is that in terms of the amount, right amount of water, Look at that. So that is off. I wonder if we just unplug it. Maybe we'll... Maybe it'll be quiet. Cool off. Well, yeah, maybe we'll shut this thing up. If, okay, so now that. I also know you're very particular about your milk. And I know that uh -huh. this isn't exactly yeah. the right thing. But I also... I I didn't want to... I mean, it was fine. okay. Usually you're a 2% guy, right? No, no. No. A whole percent, 4%. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is the one. All right. good. Cool. You but it wasn't well. like as it wasn't the brand that you bought. I usually buy organic milk. I was so nervous milk, preparing so. for this. 
you know what we don't have? We don't have a spoon. Where's the spoon? I'll go get a spoon. Okay. But you can explain uh, more about it while I go get a okay, spoon. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, what time you already gone? Okay. Uh, I will talk more about tea. You go now. Yeah. I love it. Um, so, so I am looking for like, I'll leave the tea bag in for maybe two minutes, maybe three minutes. And to me, it's all about the right color. It's like, you, you have to be able to add milk and it not get too um, white, not be too dark. Now I have brothers back home that would say, I make tea too milky. It's not dark enough. Uh, traditionally a builder's tea if you have builders come to your house in england and offer them tea you can guarantee almost without fail that 90 percent of the builders will have milk and two sugars that's like standard fare i do not drink tea milk with sugar if you want to add honey then you can you're wrong but you can if you want to drink it without milk and drink it with lemon you can again you're wrong but um you can and, and no one will stop you by the so, way Oh, sorry. I just like to just like, you know, just just move the tea around a little bit. Just make sure it's just it's we're, just we're going to have to back up a little bit. Yeah. I think we actually started prematurely. I don't know if we were fully live yet. I got so excited. Oh, OK. Where, where did we? Are we live where, now? We are live. OK. How long have we been live? For? Let me find out where we started the instructional. <laughs> These there there's this is a very particular thing. and I don't want you to miss any of the steps. Yeah, yeah it's very it is very particular. Boiling water. It sounds oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, good job. yeah, yeah. Um, boiling water, essential. It should be boiling, not have boiled. It's not like coffee where you want it to come off the boil. Whoa! Now's the liability. Um, <laughs> Electricity. Yeah, yeah. Just, electric just, kettle and <laughs> flying liquids. Hey, that could make for a this, great YouTube video. <laughs> and this is the finale of our guys drinking tea show. <laughs> the moment it ended. Um... <laughs> <laughs> how it started how it's going uh so we're getting to this point where i'm starting to think you know these these have been in for long enough uh and and then you always 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 take the tea bag out before you add the milk you don't add the milk while the tea bag's in again it's, it's kind of like i'm sure there's some people do it just like there's some people that put milk in a bowl and then add cereal but i think most of us would agree those people are just a strange breed um, and it's not to be copied. It's not, not, not to be. It's not admirable. No, no, no. There's nothing. There's nothing. No redeeming quality about it. Um, <laughs> we we may still talk to those people, but we won't consider them friends. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Well, and since since we pretty much completely doused our table, we're yeah, just going to put the tea bags absolutely. right here on the table. And no one could see that till you mentioned it. No, <laughs> it's hidden. So. I'm going to see, just see what happens. I'm just going to add a little, look at that. That's not a bad color. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that color. I could have maybe left it in a little longer, but I am working with unfamiliar tea bags. Um, so almost any excuse goes. And again, I got a couple of brothers back home that would probably tell me I've done this in a way that's, that's wrong. But that's okay. You've been living in America for too long. You've uh, lost yes, your edge. I've lost, I've, I have, but that that to me is like is a good cup of tea. We're going to be fine with that. You All can right. take that to most people and no one's going to be overly critical. And cheers. Cheers. Trying to show a little bit of the color. I don't know. This is not... We're clearly not set up to be a cooking show. We're not, <laughs> next week, we'll be cooking. Aaron will be making his pineapple upside down cake. <laughs> oh wow well there you go there's tea um, um and it's it's definitely too weak i i was i was under a lot of pressure so i would say this is too weak um yeah and yeah by the way the english breakfast tea that has been in our 
little tea area this uh-huh. whole time. Can you? Did you know it was decaf? No, I've never drunk it though, so I would. I mean, what have you been drinking? Uh, oh, I, you I don't your... drink tea at work. That's not true. Yeah, I, I, like we I have not, a show I, no, no, no. where we drink, I drink tea. I drink non-breakfast tea, like non-like milk and sugar. Like I'll drink like fruit teas or herbal teas at work. Herbal teas. No herbal. Yeah, it's the the H is not silent. Why would it be silent? If you meet someone with the name Herbert Herb, do you call him Herb? No, you guys are, I think what it is, is you guys think it's like hors d'oeuvres or something like that. Like it's not, and, and speaking of hors d'oeuvres, if you come on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we are having hors d'oeuvres. Indeed. Um, yeah. We're, Walking breakfast hors d'oeuvres, maybe some bacon, all those kind of things. So don't, registration. Don't, don't prematurely promise bacon. <laughs> no, there's going to be bacon. <laughs> okay, he's like, I am the boss and there will be bacon. Yes. There's a few things that are optional, and, and there's got to be some kind of bacon. Well, as promised, ah, we so just... We are with our tea. With our tea, and uh, we semi-successfully... If you miss the very, very beginning... Well, two things to acknowledge. One, I think he was explaining that you have to drink the tea with a white interior. Did uh-huh. you explain why? Well, it's the only way you can tell the color, like any other interior color. It throws off the color of the tea. You can't tell what you're looking at. Like you, you, mm-hmm. if you're going to judge on color, white is the best color to judge against um, or like off white. Whereas if you, if you have like a, a dark blue interior, for example, just it's hard to see. So I'll, I'll happily use those mugs. I have at home, I have coffee mugs and I have tea mugs and, and there is only one mug that actually in the Venn diagram of coffee mug and tea mug, I only have one mug that, that lands like... That's qualified that's to do in both. both. Yeah. And it's actually so important to me. I broke that mug and I went and bought a new mug, the same, for about $25. Because it was the only one I could find online. It was that important to me because it just... It's something about it, it works great for tea and for coffee. Wow. Um, and my kids bought it me, so it had sentimental as well. Nice. Well, I'm, so there we go. I'm sitting here messing with my camera setup getting a little bit brighter here and, for you and now so we've genuinely talked about tea for 15 minutes are we on to emotion we are huh uh, the title of this was an emotional conversation ab- about over tea. tea or something like that <laughs> i don't know what i titled it but yeah if you want to see emotion make me a poorly made cup of tea and then you'll see a whole spectrum of emotions that don't come out anywhere else like the, <laughs> the sadness there's anger <laughs> This grief, this <laughs> disgust. Disgust, yes. So, well, um, also one more final acknowledgement. I'm sorry about last week. Evidently, our stream got cut off prematurely. Like, we we were wrapping it up. We didn't, I promise we said nothing funny and nothing of <laughs> theological significance after it got said. cut off. It was so hilarious after it got cut off. It just shut off, like okay. right at the very end. And that's because I scheduled this stream to be an hour long. And we talked. And I planned for it to be 30 minutes. Like we actually do 30 minutes, but mm-hmm. my pre-schedule is set to cut off at an hour. We definitely went we definitely over the went 30 over minutes. Yeah. We went over 30 we minutes did. and spilled into the 30 minute um, margin that I And it felt <laughs> quite serious and heavy talking about it unforgiveness. And, and now we get to talk about emotion. And I, I yeah, I... I feel out of my depth 
talking about emotion. I think that's one of the weird things for me. Like I, uh, having done enough years of study to feel like, at least with the Bible, um, and I'm, I'm going to be very transparent here, at least talking about the Bible, talking about faith, uh, I know enough that at the very worst, people go away confused, but not thinking this person doesn't know what he's talking about. People might go away saying, oh, wow, I didn't understand that, but I'm sure he knows what he's talking about with emotion. I'm just aware that there's there's one we have. A, South just happens to have a load of people that do counseling for a living or, or do some kind of therapy for a living. We just and I was just chatting to someone earlier saying, I don't know why that is. But that's like a historic thing. There's just a lot of people. Uh, we could probably round up like, what is it? Maybe 5% of the community or something. 5%? Wow. Yeah. That do like yeah, some kind maybe. of counseling or psychology or something like that. Um, maybe they just show up because it makes them feel so much smarter. Yeah. But <laughs> when they listen to us talk. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I'm just like, joking. Wow. No. <laughs> yeah. no. If I ever wanted to be sure that I knew what I was talking about. No. Oh, man. Yeah, um, it is kind of the, the, the other comedy of it. Um, if you've ever done the Enneagram, uh, Alex and I are sevens mm -hmm. on the Enneagram. And one of the markers of a seven is that the avoidance of pain. Yeah. And so we're going to spend Lent talking about the painful emotion. No, uh -huh. not the happy ones. No, the no, painful no, no, ones. The painful so ones, yeah. we're clearly the most qualified uh, <laughs> staff members. <laughs> we probably should have brought someone else in on this. And we will. Uh, maybe. We will, maybe. But yeah, the, there is definitely a, a weirdness there. And I think that we... You'll probably see that in the sermons. I think we cover up some of our own pain with humor at times. I definitely do. And I, I've noticed about myself, and, and I don't know how this tracks with all you guys listening i very quickly when i have a painful thought shift in my mind to how i'll be okay even if the worst thing happens like i mm. think oh my goodness what if this happens and i and i can move very quickly to like a, a place of oh i can be happy again um like that to me is like a, and i don't know whether that's just a personality quirk or whether that's a human thing um hmm. but but i know that it, it it's difficult for me to say this is a painful emotion. I'm going to spend time with it. Usually I go to like, I have multiple off ramps to emotions that get painful that I know I can, I can like hit the service road and work my way around the traffic jam. Um, I, I can just get off and off the highway uh, and I can say, no, there's, there's this place I can go to. And that can be as simple as like putting on old Simpsons episodes and just ignoring any thoughts um yeah i don't know what you're talking about i've never done that before <laughs> i've never done that in the last half an hour um, <laughs> oh man yeah um well is that a maybe is that a healthy mechanism do you think is so, that so beneficial that, are that, you recommending that no I'm, I'm not recommending that now, not? now i do think by nature i am more upbeat than lots of people so, and it's where we gave out, and you can find it online if you weren't there. We gave out an emotions wheel on Sunday morning that had 72 different emotions on it. And, and when you look at it, like easily three quarters of them are painful emotions or undesirable emotions. They're not like, so whether, I don't know that that wheel is saying you should spend equal amount of time in all different emotions. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not saying that at all. But just by nature, when I look at me, I tend to have more of the, the desirable emotions 
And that may change at different points in my life. Maybe it's just circumstantial. I don't know. But it just, that's where I tend to land. But that doesn't mean I can't, that, that doesn't mean it's healthy for me to avoid those painful emotions altogether. The mm. question is, what does it mean for people? If you're someone who's listening, who's like, I spend most of my time in painful emotions. Is there a need for, for those people to, to actively engage positive emotion at times? Or, or positive, maybe, maybe mm. again, maybe the wrong word, like the easy emotions or most people's easy emotions. Preferable emotions. Yeah what, yeah, what happens if you're someone who by nature is like, no, I find the, the, the emotions most people find undesirable, I find those desirable. Mm. I live in that space and I struggle with the other ones. Like, I don't know, like what, where, where is it healthy to try and push into some of those emotions that aren't natural to us? And bizarrely, I was just hanging out just before I got here with, with a guy who comes to South who is a counselor and he, and he was just talking about, there's a balance there. Like just because you need to investigate some of the more painful emotions doesn't mean you have to choose to live there all the time. Like yeah. he wasn't recommending I just try and become a different person. <laughs> there's there's some kind of balance there. And I just read just before we came we before I left this morning this great quote by Pete Cesaro, uh, and it gave this whole framework for processing emotions. It said emotions are like kids on vacation. Um, you can't let them drive, and you can't just shut them in the trunk and pretend they're not there. Uh, like <laughs> both, both of those can be tempting things. Like for some of us, we're people that let them drive. Uh, we we we're, we're like the ones that hand over the wheel to the six year old and say, "Yes, just go nuts." Um, and for some of us, we're like, "Nope, get in the trunk. I don't want to hear you until we get to like Winnipeg or wherever we're driving to." Just tried to pick the furthest place away I could imagine Winnipeg. in my head that you could drive. To. If you've driven to Winnipeg, I'd love to know it. Uh, it until we get to Cape Canaveral um, or wherever we're driving. Yeah. Um, some of us let the six-year-old drive. Some of us shut them in the back of the car and pretend they're not there. And 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 like his follow-up was, no, you actually have to uh, engage with them. You have to uh, bring them into the journey, and and you have to you have to give them boundaries as well. Um, because yeah. by nature, our emotions don't know boundaries. They, they push those boundaries all the time. Uh, That's a really good illustration. And I loved your, and I mean, we're not even getting to Genesis 16 yet. Hopefully we get there. But, but when we were planning this series, you, Yvonne and I sitting down talking, you had this great quote. I think it was David, David Benner. Yep. This guy here. This, this not this specific book, but David Benner, he's got a series of books. This one's Desiring God's Will. The book that that quote is from is um, something about being loved. Uh, Surrender to Love, which was a really, really important book in my mm -hmm. exploration of my own emotional world. So And so and so broadly, like as I understood it, and you, you'll probably say it better or even like give the verbatim quote, a lot of us want to exist with God in the thought world. Like we want to cognitive, we want to know information about God and we want to relate to him based on what we know. Uh, and, and this pushed you to say, no, emotions give you information about God or, or relationship with God that, that you can't get just from thought. Yes. And I think I was telling you when I read that quote, sorry if I'm making crazy sounds in your microphones here or in your ears, but when I first read that quote, I was like, no, <laughs> I completely disagree. This these, these emotions are dumb and I yeah, hate yeah, them. Yeah. 
and I'm I'm so angry that I let them exist because I and I would like had an argument in my journal with David Benner. <laughs> I was like talking to Jesus. I'd love like, you to send him that argument. Like just send, I was like, just... <laughs> I was like God. He has to be wrong, right? <laughs> like I'm right, he's wrong, correct? Like <laughs> there's no way that these emotions that I had so successfully ignored for most of my life. Mm. And I, I was, I thought that I was, I had a framework of existence that was working pretty darn well for me. I was mm -hmm. happy most of the time. Yeah. And I'd opened Pandora's box and I couldn't close it yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. It and I was angry uh -huh. that I'd ever even started that journey. And I was, I just wrestled with that a mm. lot. And it took a few more chapters and arguments and um, very uh, heated journal entries for me to say, he's right. And that, that like process of learning to deal with emotion, however far we get on that journey in this series and in these conversations, like it is scary, painful, all of these different things. Um, it's new, it's different. I, I just had some great conversations with some people I won't name by name on Sunday, like, I, but you know who you are. Um, like just some couple of, a couple of great conversations with people who, when they talked about emotions would say things like this, like, uh, and again, I'm going to, I'm going to throw the guys under the bus a little bit here. Like, if I was emotional, my wife wouldn't know how to deal with me. Like she's been with me for years and, and I'm not emotional. Uh, and, 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 and there was a, a, a ton of humor in that, but there's just the potential if that's where you land, that what, what you're really saying is, uh, I could take the emotional journey, but I won't because it's better for somebody else. Like it's, it's really blame shifting almost. It's like, you know, I, 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 I'm going to look after the people close to me because they can't handle my emotion. If it came out, like I could do it, but they couldn't handle it. Um, and yet I, I bet I could probably come up with a million, ex okay, millions too many. I could, I could probably come up with 10 good excuses, um, to, to not tap into some of these emotions. Cause we are, cause, cause partly cause it's lent. And partly because they're, they're just the ones that we tend to avoid going to just spend some time in the emotions we would class as bad at times, but are probably best talked about as negative or undesirable or difficult. Um, th there's probably some better language than just bad. And um, interestingly, I think that that's part of the point of these kinds of intimate relationships mm. is without them. I know for me, my, my, my wife's a feeler. And so she's really like, it's very efficient in her heart to understand what she's feeling, to express those yeah. feelings. For me, I always joke with the staff that I, that when I feel something, it, there's like a three to five business day delivery process <laughs> before I understand what that emotion was. Like, so I'm like, something's off. And they're like, well, what, well, what? And I'm like, I don't know. Get back to me in three to five business yeah, yeah, days because yeah. it's still in the mail. <laughs> and for those of us that want to fix that, we're like, okay, we don't know what to do with that. Like, and that's my wife. Yeah. She's like, how do you not know what you're feeling? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. But if it wasn't, if it wasn't for this relationship with her, I would just never go there. Mm. And then I would never be able to, to engage that at a, at a really deeper level. And that's, it's the wrestling through that journey mm. that creates increased intimacy. Um, 
increased beauty in a relationship. And and, and I think yeah. what's so helpful with that emotions wheel is like, it, it does like push you. And again, like if you can find it online, it's got 72 like wider emotions, but it really starts with like Let's that. see if I can find it. And I was talking to them, not you. I mean, if you can find it, great, but I, I didn't want to land it on you. Um, it, uh, it does allow you to move a little bit beyond just, I feel mad. I feel sad. Uh, I feel like just, just some of those, like that does look kind of similar. To it's it pretty close. Similar. Oh, I think it's, oh, this that's, one. that's exactly the one. See um, if I can get this pulled up sort of big for you. Hopefully you can. Oh, that's not cool. You can buy an emotions wheel apparently for $30. I'm going to clear this out so we don't get random audio inside of our thing. There we go. Here's the emotions wheel. Yeah, like even just being able to move from I feel sad to some other questions like, well, why do you feel sad? Or, well, actually, I'm I'm bored. Or, or even like more than bored, I'm I'm just apathetic. I just I just don't know what to do next. I don't have any passion for it. Like it starts to get you to get under the surface a little bit in some healthy ways. Actually, get some language for some of the things you're feeling. Yeah, because the, the sadness emotion is actually most likely the things there at the center are probably a few degrees removed from the actual problem. Yeah. So it's hard to engage, even in prayer. It's hard to engage with a, a conversation with a loved one or to work through it in a journal yeah. or whatever when you're like, I'm just sad. Mm -hmm. But if you say, well, like, I'm actually sad because... Uh, every time I try and do something, I run into these barriers mm. and therefore I don't want to try anymore. And so therefore I'm apathetic mm -hmm. or I feel inferior. Like someone, someone keeps having a better success than I do something. And so I just feel inferior, which makes me depressed. I feel sad. Mm -hmm. So like, oh, well now someone's performing better. Okay. Now I have like something a little bit more accessible and real to say, all right, well, what do I do with that? Why do I want to perform better than they do? Or or all those sorts of things. So anyway. Hmm. Yeah, so much to to tap into. And so this week we just began broadly with like that almost like question, like, is God even interested in emotion? Um, because I grew up and I like I vented on this a little bit from the platform. Uh, but it was fun because I had a load of people come up to me and say, um, no, that was me growing up. If you grew up in church, there's the potential that church just made you feel sad because you felt guilty. Um, and, and really like for me, guilty was tied to ashamed. Um, like I didn't, I wasn't good enough. Um, and that, that for me was like, I, I resented the church because they never wanted to help me with my emotions. They always just told me over and over again, Oh, no more information about God. And, and when you know those facts, you'll believe better. And then eventually your emotions will change, um, which was fine, except they never did. Or they didn't for ages. They didn't. Fact, know, but faith, feeling. Yeah, yeah. That, that was like the train that I was told, just follow along with that. Uh, and, and I think like, I've just had a few conversations recently on a broader level with people that would said, that have said like, the church made me feel deeply shameful. Um, mm. And again, it's hard to blame the church because can you ever blame an organization? Can you ever 
like have unforgiveness towards an organization. I don't know if it's healthy because usually it's a person when you get behind it far enough. It's not the company that let you go. It's the boss that let you go. Um, someone made the decision. Usually you can find a person, um, but, but generally taking the church as like a, somewhere that the church has had lots of people in it that have used shame. Um, and, and, and uh, those conversations, some of those people have stayed in the church and some of them have never found their way back to the church. Some of them have stayed with a faith in a God and a creator who loves them. And some of them have said, peace out, I'm done. There is nothing valuable here anymore. Um, and so when you think of like what unprocessed, where unprocessed emotion can go, um, and even being able to say the church made me feel shameful and ashamed, is that God or is that the church is a good question, is a helpful question. It is. And I think, um, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why even that conversation is so, so emotionally charged mm. because, um, emotions are like wired into our very DNA to protect us from things yeah. like at a, at a more biological level, a lot of these emotions are just sort of like helpful things to like protect you from dangerous things mm -hmm. and all this, wh whatever it may be. Um, and so it's a, it's a social and biological protection mechanisms. Mm -hmm. A lot of those initial feelings at the most bottom level. And then if you're in the religious space, you say there's a danger, which is, my eternal destination uh -huh, and yeah. my wellness, my, my standing in the presence of God. And then now put emotions related to that. It's like, it's, it's like life and death is mm -hmm. the emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a couple of options, right? Um, you can say, okay, there's the shame. If I don't do this, this, and this, then my eternal destination's at risk. Mm-hmm which just creates a lot of anxiety yeah, and, yeah. and shame around certain actions or, or whatever. And then, um, yeah, so it's religion and emotions and morality are highly charged with emotional Absolutely. baggage. Absolutely, and, and how that, I mean, we try and talk about wholeness at South, like I think that's a good value for us. Um, and we try and reflect like there's the whole person, but even in like conversations I've had with people that said like the church made me feel ashamed of my body. You would think on, on the surface when you first hear that, is that a big deal? Uh, and again, like I I'm speaking through my own lens there uh, and yet that very sense of shame led a whole bunch of people to a point of, I no longer believe in the God of the universe. Like, isn't it incredible that that, like, that's where it can begin and, and those emotions that build and build and build can lead us from, to places we would never have imagined at the start of that journey, this is where it would go. Yeah. Um, like, the, there's so much there and so much good work to be done, I think. Like, I, I'm just intrigued, like, getting to that Hagar passage. Like, we, we look at Hagar's emotions in this story. So if you're unfamiliar with it, Genesis 16 there's these two characters, uh, Sarai and, and Abra, Abram. Their names get changed later. Um, and, and so it's sometimes easier just to refer to them as Sarah and Abraham as they're probably better known. But they don't have kids. 
their mechanism or Sarai's mechanism for getting kids is for Abraham to take Hagar and, and actually end up marrying her as a, as a second wife. But, but really initially just go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her is the beginning point. And of course, when you get to the end of the story, you're like, Oh no, this is a logical conclusion to this story. Um, like mm. there's a beautiful naivety to the start of the story. Um, like, again, like not to be too delicate about it. Sarai is, is in her probably at least seventies or eighties at this point in the story. Um, and, and he, she sends her husband off with a girl who's probably 18, 20, something like that. And, and he doesn't object, which doesn't surprise a whole bunch of people. And then she has a child and, and the expectation that that might child might simply feel like a family for Sarai again, are we surprised that that's where the story goes? That that Hagar is attached to her child and feels pride in her child, and that that she doesn't feel that that child belongs to Sarai. No, we're probably not retrospectively shocked. That's the emotion. Are we surprised that Sarai gets bitter? No. Are we surprised that that, that this isn't happy families like happily ever after? No. Like there's, there's a whole bunch of complexities there. And, and then when Hagar ends up running away because she's mistreated, again, no surprises really when we look at it. Uh, and yet to each and every person, there, were, there, were, there was like at different points, optimism or belief that the story might end well, um, that it might come to a good conclusion. Uh, and all the emotions that get in the way or, or in, impact that story end up with Hagar stood by a well far from home in a wilderness. Yeah. Um, I, I am fascinated just based on that whole conversation. Like how would the church treat someone like Hagar? Like if she was to walk into church, like many churches in America or the West today, how do you, how do you receive someone who comes in? Um, like you could see like, Oh, you stole somebody else's wife. Oh, you had a child and, you know, there's a questionable history to that child. Oh, and then you left home. And then like all of these different like questions that might be asked. Um, and yet all the God of the universe does is sit with her in her emotion. And she comes away saying the God of the universe sees me. Um, I am known by him that th there's just a remarkable simplicity to that part of the story. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. So this this particular Sunday was like sort of overview, getting us. Yeah, we're not set. even in Lent yet. No. Well, we are now, but yeah. we weren't then. Yes. And so, why this series? So I think I think it it like I think emotions again for me it's probably personal because they they don't feel like they're allowed in church. I almost feel, felt for so long that I had to clean up my emotions around God and around church and around church people mm. that, that I almost think it, it produced enough negative stuff in me that I would like us as a community not to be that community. And even mm. like just having a couple of conversations with people who are outside the church window that happened to check in on South just for whatever reason that were like, Wow my church growing up would never have talked about this stuff. Like we would have left this well under the table. Yeah. Um, and anytime, I mean, you know, my personality well enough, like 
anytime anyone says that's a bad idea or like you shouldn't do that there's part of me that's kind of like what <laughs> we probably should do it then shouldn't we um who said it was a bad idea uh, I, I, a difficult idea maybe i, I don't yeah. know like I, I don't i don't know that that anyone challenge said, accepted yeah yeah almost like, like yeah <laughs> let, let's try and navigate this well um and so to me like part of the hope isn't and i think in church sometimes the implication can be this sermon will fix something for you and, and i don't think that's my thinking with this what? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's you can Aaron's, tune out. It's you Aaron's can skip worship the series. that's going to fix stuff. <laughs> you can skip this series. It's not going to fix anything. <laughs> it, it's actually, <laughs> it actually like the, the bigger hope is that it might just awaken something. Um, Like there are things, events that we go through. And, and I'm not going to talk about this yet because I've not done processing it. But there was something I went through recently that just awakened a question in me that I'd just never asked before. I didn't even know. What's the question? It it was really centered around like my willingness to ask for help in a very particular area. Hmm. Um, And that I'd never really done that even from people I was really close to. Hmm. Uh, And, 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 and and it, it lent me not to be resentful to those people for not helping in actual fact, but just asking why, what started that? Like, what, why do I feel like in that area specifically, I'm going to have to make it by myself. Hmm. Um, and, and it's not like, it's actually around the area of money. It's actually like, you know, it was, it was just this, this simple moment where, like I, I just looked back and I was like, no, I've I've never asked anybody for that. Um, and I'm talking anybody since I was 14, like nobody, um, even when there's been times where I've really needed to. Uh, yeah. And so just, it just like a, awakened this whole question in me of like, why? Uh, and I think there's the potential for a series like this when you start talking about emotions again similar to like when we talked about unforgiveness last week just to awaken a little bit of huh like why why am i feeling that way why do i still like why when i drive past this house does it still trigger something in me some emotion like so yeah i think we should explore that a little bit more because i think that that's starting to get at maybe some tips in how to engage, but I want to like go back a little bit more and ask, you started to allude at this and I started to allude at it with some of my story. Let's just imagine someone out there is watching this Mm -hmm. and they're still not convinced that this is a good process. (laughs) Like going back to your comments about a few folks who've approached you and said like, I've been functioning just fine. Like why, why do I need to engage this? Um, first of all, like, what's your initial answer to that question? And like, what paint a picture of what a life or a world looks like where they have engaged it versus haven't? And I think it probably comes down to, um, again, to relationships, right? I think I used the quote on Sunday um, and, and a friend grabbed me and he said, you stole my quote? 
I mean, he stole it, but he was like, you know, you, you, <laughs> I've been quoting that for ages. Like, you know, you gotta, you nice. gotta at least quote me quoting that person. <laughs> it's like the, the whole office thing. Like, you know, you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. It's like, <laughs> um, yes. so, um, so, and I'm trying to remember of the, who, who was the quote by now? Was it? It wasn't Pete Cesaro. It was it was someone who who said like basically a mo. Oh, it was um, John Gottman who does a lot of marriage counseling. The Gottman Institute yeah. is like probably the best known marriage counseling um, facility or curriculum or whatever in the country. Uh, and he says, you know, emotionally healthy husbands are the key to a, a successful marriage. Like that in his mind after years of counseling is the one deferential, the, the one like big thing. So so that implies that at least that he thinks women are more generally emotionally healthy than men, I think. And I don't know that uh, maybe I'm pushing, maybe I'm pushing him too much. Mm. I, I wish, let's get John Gottman mm. in for an interview. I uh, don't know about that. It's at least saying that an emotionally healthy man does more damage to a relationship. Sorry, unhealthy. emotionally unhealthy man does more damage to a relationship than an emotionally unhealthy woman. Like if to say that like the key to a successful is the husband to be emotionally healthy. It's got to be in my mind, I think one of those two things. And if you've got any pushback on that, I'd love to know, but like that seems yeah, to that's... be like what he's landing on. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I'm like my mind spinning because I think that there's a few assumptions you have to make to get to that conclusion. And it's the premise may be generally true, mm -hmm. um, but it's probably more a side effect of how men in the Western world are taught to engage, taught or not taught to engage emotions versus being specifically male or female by default. Oh, absolutely. No, I would, yeah. I would totally agree with that. But it, it, it is at least saying in his experience, either more of the men he's come across are un emotionally unhealthy than women, or that they are able to damage the relationship more by being emotionally unhealthy. If, if he's saying that, yes, an emotionally healthy man can help the relationship in a way that is almost incalculable. Um, totally. And I, I think probably what's going on there is emotional engagement is a mandatory part for a healthy relationship. Absolutely, and that, that's where I was coming so to. That. a lack of engagement by default yes creates a lack of relationship yeah it's almost like the the he's burying the lead a little bit like the big story behind that is the more emotionally healthy you are the better your relationships will be and almost all of us are either in some kind of relationship or want to be in some kind of relationship or need to be in some kind of relationship and that's ooh that's even even that's tricky cuz like if you're and I'm not even just talking about like a, like a, a sexual relationship, a physical relationship at this point. I'm just talking about interactive, interpersonal relationships. Totally. But I think that there may be some folks out there saying, no, I don't want to be. I don't think I need to be. I, I don't think I need to be. Exactly. And so, like, so convince them. Come on, Convince Alex. them they need to be in relationships. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't, I, so, and so, deep. Like, yeah. Not just any relationship. Not like the person that you see at the basketball court when you mm. play pickup basketball, or not just the the person that you casually run into at the office and joke about some casual thing on the side, but like convince people 
that it is a healthy human thing to be in deep relationship. Oh man, I, I think I need your help there. I mean, it seems like we were created for relationships like that. Like if you, if at least on a, a Bible scriptural level, that seems to be written into the, it's not good for man to be alone language in Genesis. There's yeah. got to be like, the, the, by nature, there is interaction. Hmm. Um, by nature, it seems like we make each other better. Like none of us has all of the answers, all of the things. And I, and, and I'm guessing like if you are in that place where you're like, I don't need any kind of relationship one, that's probably a minority and that's okay. It's sometimes good to be in the minority. Um, and for a highly extroverted person, you're like, hi, yeah, yeah, it's hard yeah. for me to answer the question because it never even occurred yeah, to me. Never, I'm like, what, are you going to tell me you, you want to drink your tea with honey next or <laughs> with a cup that's like not white in the middle? Um, there's, there's like a, wow, I, I didn't even know that was a question. Yeah. Um, but but I think for the most part, yeah, on, on a Bible level, it seems to be written into the thing. And, and most of us gravitate towards them. And most of the time, when we're left just by, there's a reason that they say solitary confinement is one of the greatest punishments that you can inflict on someone. Um, just to put someone in a room by themselves permanently with no interaction, as much as some space is good. Um, and, and when, when I talked about my wife taking the kids off and going on vacation without me, I did have people come up to me and say, that's like my dream, like being left alone in my house. <laughs> that's wonderful. But, but indefinitely in a confined space with no reprieve, that's that for most people is genuine torture. Most people go mad. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I mean, I think you, I mean, you could disagree or feel like you disagree because that's what I'm saying. I think the, the fact that you don't is actually an emotion. Yeah. There's probably, there's underneath the surface, if that's you and you're like, I really think if I could remove myself from certain highly emotionally charged relationships or emotional things, I'd probably be better off. Mm -hmm. mm. There's science that proves that that's not the case. Like neural neuroscience talks about like relationships and how it affects brain health, yeah. physical health, mm -hmm. longevity of life, mm -hmm. mobility of life. Um, the scriptures talk about it, but if you don't buy into the scriptures, fine, like set that aside. Just say like, just the science proves yeah. that we are creatures, we're, we're highly social creatures, even if you're an introvert. And in order to to thrive as a human being, you need this. Well, one uh, of the, the interesting things for me, like things I've loved reading up on over the last five years, maybe is is what people have identified as blue zones around the world like places where people live long lives and express long lives healthy and express like good mental health as well. Yep. And they all have things in common. Um, like the diet has a lot in common. There's like, they actually, Some activity, bizarrely, like, they walk a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Red wine is quite common within that diet. Interestingly, like it's not yeah. as, as bland or, so, or whatever as you might think it is. Um, but, but a strong relational community is present in every single one of them. There's something about communities that bring people together that produce a longer element of life. And there was one, I think it's Sorrento over in Pennsylvania, like they were trying to understand why heart disease was, was just a tiny fraction there of what they would expect given the population demographic and everything. And, and when they looked at it, it was the, the number of people that lived in multi-generational homes was incredibly high. People still stopped on the street to have long, deep conversations with people. 
it so it seems like that science element to it, it is there like it's it's pretty pretty clear that we do well in relationships yeah and if you find yourself and the reason i'm pushing here mm. is because there was seasons of my life where i maybe was that guy yeah just... i'm like i figured out a construction of my world mm -hmm. where i can pretty much just feel awesome mm -hmm. most of the time yeah but then disc golf disc golf <laughs> but but then there's certain there's certain environments and interactions that i that are painful for me and i would find myself avoiding it more and more and more and more and the the reality is i was not emotionally healthy mm. and i was naive to think that i was mm. because emotional health isn't someone who's capable of just feeling good all the time it's not the guy who's everything is awesome mm, yeah 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 it's the person who can retain and interact and move in and out of both the, the painful and the positive. I don't know a single person who's older, wiser, more deeply, like a person that I highly respect is like high character, beautiful human being who isn't capable of moving in and out mm. of both the painful yeah. and the joyful in some measure of health. Mm. And so if you wanna be, a that kind of person in life or want to get to that place yeah this is going to be a journey you're going to have to that eventually is interesting. go on like that there's there's a bunch of different writings that would say uh at the end of uh the alexander dumas he's the book the can of monte cristo it's i mean it's this rolling epic of hmm. a guy who has everything loses everything gets everything back in some ways uh, and at the end he says like i've learned this one truth there is neither there is neither suffering nor happiness, just the contrast of one with the other. Now I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with that, but the the like for him having suffered deeply, he was more able to feel joy and, and experience the beauty of those again not good emotions but easy or, or desirable emotions. And somewhere, I think for us as a, a group of followers of Jesus, taking a little bit the emotion out of it, I heard someone say the other day, you get out of Easter what you put into Lent. Um, hmm. There is a journey with Jesus through Lent where we journey with him in his passion, in his uh, lower moments, in his seemingly his doubts, his desire to... To, again, to off-ramp the story. Like, can I get on the service road here? Is there a different plan? Can I can I Google, can you remap this for me so I can go a different way? Um, his desire to do that, we get to journey in all of those things. And somewhere it seems that the light of Easter, it, it, it explodes the more brightly because of that journey. Yeah, absolutely. Like we were joking about this I don't know, not joking, but we were talking about illustrations of some of this stuff. And you were talking about music uh -huh. and tension and all this stuff. And um, I, one of the things, I mean, I, I'm a musician and I, one of the markers I think of incredible music is it all like leans into tension. Mm. Like music, the reason, one of the reasons it's so pleasurable to listen to a great piece of music is because it, it creates tension. Mm -hmm both with the rhythm, the chord structure and everything, and then it releases tension. Mm -hmm. And there's this deeply satisfying thing when 
Um, I wish I could have my guitar here and I could demonstrate it to you. Um, you got a ukulele. I, I don't know if I could do it. I'm not as well-versed in the ukulele, but when you get into this section where you're in a chord structure and you've left um, the the one chord, which is the the key that you're in, and you deviate from that chord and you play all these other dissonant chords mm -hmm. and dissonant chords and there's tension and the rhythm builds and it's song builds and builds and builds and builds. And then suddenly you arrive back at one. Yeah. Even if you're not a musician and you're just listening to the music, there's something so satisfying about that. Yes. By contrast, uh -huh. it's all about that. One example, we're gonna sing a song Sunday that I think does this really beautifully with, I'm gonna teach a new song Sunday with rhythm. On the bridge, there's this section where this choir and the vocalists are singing, praise to the Lord, mm. to the Lamb, to the King forever. I wish I could sing that part for you now while you keep singing the other yeah. part, but I can't. But then the band uh -huh. is very spot on rhythmically. The uh. band is going like this, da, 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 da. Mm. And if I were to sing it, praise to the Lord, wow. to the Lamb, to, it's just like, it's very spot on, but the choir instead deviates and they sort of float on top of that rhythm. Praise to the oh, Lord. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot, yeah. To the Lamb, to the King. And then when we hit the chorus, it all locks in the band and the, vo and the choir hit together and sync in rhythm. And it's like, oh, I and our that. emotions are the Is that same you way. that we're having a choir on Sunday? No, oh, not this okay, week, okay, no, no, but no, no, no. in this, in the original recording and we'll do it, try our best to sing it vocally. Um, Come and be a choir. The choir is going to be singing in a few weeks, but yeah. anyway, um, some of that is going on. And I think navigating the tensions of difficult and painful yeah. emotions is very similar in the symphony of a life. And, and it's so interesting that music both has the ability to make us feel and for us to bring our feelings to it, like different. I, I mentioned actually, bizarrely, Beethoven's Sixth Symphony on um, uh, on Sunday, and it was fun to get people send me other pieces of classical music that they said were better. Again, they were wrong. Beethoven's Sixth Symphony, for some reason, is the only piece of music that I am always in the mood to listen to. Huh? I can be sad, angry, happy, all of those big core emotions, and Beethoven's Sixth Symphony is always the right choice for me. But mm. but most other music, like it, it either like it, it it leads our emotions or it um it reflects our emotions. It just there's something incredible about it. Mm. And I think we're actually in the daily for this week, we actually have a piece of music for people to listen to, right? From a movie. I can't, remember. I think. Um, can't recall. Yeah. So music is uh is an interesting journey with emotion during this uh It is, and I think that that contrast, ah gosh. It's it's hard to imagine a really well lived life mm. without the tension between the painful and the beautiful. Yes, um, and it exists in every scriptural narrative. It exists in the life of Jesus. It exists in our own lives. And I think it's naive if we ever think that no, I can create, I can avoid, I can avoid the relationships that bother that, like that, like bring tension to that. I can do, cr construct this very complicated world where mm. I just never have to feel that thing again. Yeah. And then say, my, I'm going to live a beautiful life at the same time. Mm. I don't know. Mm. If you can, if you can figure that out, let me know. Cause I'm in. 
Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. But. And so this week, we're actually moving on to talk about, um, like, maybe the, again, I think the first emotion in the that you see in Genesis, this first book, this book called Beginnings, is the joy of God in his creation. Um, and yet mm. somewhere in Genesis chapter one, I would say the emotion, and I, I don't know if I'm labeling this right, but the emotion of discontent is written into the narrative. There's supposed to be discontent. Like Genesis is like the, the Garden of Eden is not just this static and changing place. It's supposed to grow and expand. And yet this new discontent comes in that kind of is somewhere centered around God's holding out on me. He's not giving me everything I want and I want it. And so that, that that's where we're going on, on this Sunday, which is going to be fun. Wow. Um, well, gosh, I, these are so hard because I feel like we should tie everything up with a bow. And I feel, I know we're leaving so many tentacles of thought uh -huh. dangling, but you have something else you want no. to cover? I just feel like... My question, are, are we, because you and I are going to be in Orlando next week. Are we filming in Orlando? I think so. I'm, I think we're going to try, um, for next week's live stream, we'll, we'll just do it a little bit more low tech. Um, we're going to the can, beach. I mean, no, consider we're this, <laughs> if you consider this high tech <laughs> with all of the problems that I've created for this, I'm like, I have the highest tech, low tech set up here, it. yeah, it's, it's um, magical. but we'll try and stream from Florida. I think we'll have time. I love it. Um, if not, then maybe we can pre-record something and, and share it with you, but I'd we're, like to be consistent. Visiting a fairly big church. Maybe we could just say, can we use your podcast setup and hope that they have one? Oh, wow. Look at this. Um, we've got some questions oh, nice. or some comments. Let me, let me just look through this real quick before. <laughs> this could be anything now. Hi, Kaylee. Your Kaylee, team's bad. Kaylee's there hanging out in Florida. Nice. Kids want to watch Blippi. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm making them watch Guys With Tea. Yes. Yeah. We so, overruled Blippi? Amos and Gal, I am so sorry. Um, That's awesome. Uh, gotta get back to work finish watching later thanks for for the following um emotion wheel the practical examples help me initiate my own yeah that's awesome um emar emotions are fickle they cannot be trusted oh yeah we are saved it's... by grace through faith through faith um yeah i would agree they are. very much that emotions are fickle yeah we didn't really talk about that I think, I think we'll get into it more. But I think that that's where we started, right? You can't let them drive. Yes. That's not that, that doesn't make them not important, but you can't, you can't let them drive. They they make good servants and bad masters. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. And I think that the story I told about my, my own situation, I was so angry because mm -hmm. I was like, a lot of the emotions that I was feeling at the time were based on lies. Mm -hmm. And I researched it and discovered that those, I, I'm feeling this, which is based upon the premise that so-and-so doesn't like me. And I know that that's not true. Yes. And I'm feeling it anyway. So all of this pain uh -huh. is completely unnecessary. And, and also like for me, I think what was helpful was I had moments where I felt a certain way, uh, especially during that time with a lot of guilt, a lot of like, that was a, a more, a, a sadder time in my life, maybe. Um, or a time where sadness was more, me than than now and i remember there were times where i was able to learn oh i just ate these foods that's part of why i feel sad oh it's been cloudy for the last two days not a problem we have in colorado but a problem that we had in england oh it's been cloudy for two or three days and then the sun comes out and my emotion changes 
the, the recipe that I was given of just ignore your emotions didn't allow me to process any of that. It just, again, it was an off ramp. It was like, get on the service road, um, pretend they're not there. The moment I was able to say, oh, the weather has affected my emotions, actually enabled me to move like into something different. Totally. Uh, which was really helpful for me. Well, I think, and and bring it back to the relational section, just sort of tie this set mm. up with a little bit, is you can feel, let's say someone's like, some so-and-so doesn't like me because they said this, this, and this. Um, but then if you were to find out, like they didn't even consider that, they didn't, or, you know, they're not even thinking about the situation yeah, like yeah. that. And so your emotion is, is lying to you mm -hmm. about, but that, and that was the part that I was so frustrated about in my scenario. Like it's the weather, mm -hmm. what I ate and a misunderstanding about someone's comment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah that these yeah, these are the things that drive my emotions. Yeah, yeah, it's so interesting. Why would I do that? And then you Why find afterwards, oh, world? they didn't mean that by the comment and you you spent like a, an evening in like- Like wrecked. Yeah. And, because and, of this thing. And they were like, no, I didn't mean that. Or, so no. then the question back to that, that quote that you said that emotions are data uh -huh. that help us, that still is true. Because yeah. then the new question is, if it, if all of those variables our lies or variables that are out of our control that that still affect our emotions. Why? Mm. Why was I offended by that mm -hmm. statement? And why did God give them to us? So like that that to me, like that bigger macro question, like somewhere he gave them to us. Are they fallen in ways? Yes. But are, is the beauty in them? Yes. Um, and so it's it's gonna be fun to unpack them. And I and I feel like like for for two kids that want to watch Blippy. Now we need to wrap this thing up. Uh, or maybe totally. I could just, uh, do you know who Blippi is? Yeah. Yeah, I could just be Blippi. I'm like, oh, I'm Blippi. He's got this very like. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if this is helpful to you, then please like, subscribe, all of that stuff. Share with someone. I know <laughs> we on, meandered. <laughs> we, we meandered a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, well, hopefully we'll see you next week from Florida where we get to talk about this whole discontent or desire thing. And we and... won't be discontented because we'll be in Florida. Well, it depends oh. what the weather's like here. The weather was better here the other day than in Florida. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, I won't be with my family, so I'm usually grumpy. And hopefully there. enjoyed tea time. Um, yeah. Make some tea. Yeah. Well, see you guys. See y'all later and i'm gonna see if i can figure out how in the world to shut this thing off can you not just do your whole siri turn off and will that not work i, I probably could it would just like aggressively turn off everything <laughs> boom bye well thanks again for listening and we hope that that was a helpful conversation for you we'd love to interact with you about this so feel free to leave comments questions, all that sort of thing. And we'll try our best to get back to you when we can. Have a great day.